Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. And this is another in our series of what I'm dubbing micropods, which means that I will be chatting away for around 15 to 20 minutes rather than our usual 40. And once again, the excuse or the reason behind this pod is our work with the UK Ministry of Justice uh, and the Great Legal Services Campaign, who we are partnering with to run a fair few events in Johannesburg from the 31st of August to the 2nd of September. So just a few weeks away. Very exciting indeed. And one of the themes that we're going to be discovering and and, and investigating is the idea of internationalizing your practice through qualifying in multiple jurisdictions. And I went through my my filofax, went through my contact book and there was another name on top of uh, Jerry's, who we talked to just last week, who I knew I had to have a part of this. And that is Mr. Michael Strain of Clyde & Co. Tanzania. Now, Michael began his career uh, rather traditionally before it took, a, I think it's fair to say, Michael, a, a rather um, U-turn or right angle. What, what degree What degree are we going to put on it? <laughs> uh, I, I, I always look at Tom as sort of supercharging it. Yeah, I think that's a, okay. that's a, that's a, that's a better way of looking at it. We'll, we'll go with the supercharger <laughs> then. So, Michael, you're a, you're a return visitor to the Africa Legal Podcast. You hopefully don't need much of an introduction, but we'll link to your biography in the podcast description. But look, let's, let's just dive right into this conversation. Mm. What did or does your road look like towards dual qualification? I'm really interested, you know, what first motivated it? How far along are you? And what does the future hold in relation to your dual qualification? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. And firstly, thank you so much for uh, for having me back. It is always a pleasure to chat. Um, so yeah, as you rightly say, sort of career started more traditionally um, in London, um, M&A, private equity sort of general corporate lawyer um, I'd actually spent some time in uh, Tanzania and East Africa sort of in another life um, before before doing LPC and things like that and um, mm-hmm. yeah, I have to say I was uh, sort of uh, you know ticking along very nicely in London and um, you know the opportunity came up um, with Clyde & Co to uh, to relocate to Tanzania to sort of build our regional corporate practice from the ground up um, so obviously my career had begun um, you know, as a solicitor in England and Wales, and then upon relocation um, to Tanzania in 2013, um, it was actually then still possible for, um, for overseas, lo- overseas lawyers to sit the Tanzanian bar exam. Ah, um, okay. So, so um, straight, straight into the bar exam rather than any kind of you know, yes. uh, additional qualification. That would be, Was that daunting? Did you have a look at like, do they have practice papers or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, it, it, it's, it's quite, a, it's, it was pretty daunting to be honest, um, because we're at, we're at a point where we we perceived that the window um, for qualification in Tanzania was um, was fast closing. Um, so we had to. So I relocated. I think it was around. Oh, it was sort of early 2013, and then uh, we had to move quite quickly to get the process engaged and things like that. But at that point, yes, it was just a, an exam, and um, you know, it was actually a, a verbal exam, well, an oral exam 
that one had to do in front of, I think it was some professors from the law school and a judge or two. Um, so yeah, pretty... Sprinkle uh, them in. Chuck in a bit but, of judiciary just to make it yeah, even more calming. And, uh, exactly. And um, God, I, that's a while ago now, but I think they asked me a couple of Latin maxims, <laughs> which is oh, something we hadn't gosh. done so much back in the UK. Um, but um, yeah, I'm very, you know, as, as you might imagine, was hugely pleased um, to be able to secure um, you know, the, 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 the Tanzanian qualification as well. Well, I'll tell you what, Michael, that Latin maxim, one, it gives me PTSD from my own law school days. And secondly, it does remind me that one of the Ministry of Justice and Africa Legal Partnership components here is our recently launched business communication for lawyers online learning course. Mm. If you're really keen on not having to rely on Latin maxims when you're communicating with modern clients... Our, our audience here, Michael, no no problem for you, I'm sure. But um, if the last maxim you ever used was sat in front of those uh, those judges, I hope, then have a look at that course. Um, it's uh, business communication for, for lawyers. Um, Very good. Sprang, sprang to mind when we're talking about maxims there. So look, let's, the, the, the process sounds, you know, interesting in and of itself, but what... What are some of the key benefits that you think dual qualification has brought you? You know, representing an international law firm in another jurisdiction, it's not its not the um, default setting to dual qualify. You know, you can operate on fly-in, fly-out basis. You can, you know, offer only English law. You can service just international clients. You know, you can sometimes get away with it. So what, what were the absolute must-haves for your developing of this practice and this entire office uh, that necessitated the dual qualification? Yeah, no, no, absolutely, Tom. And I guess it's probably, you know, worth saying at the outset that that I'm sort of super lucky and privileged to be in, to be have been able to secure, um, you know, qualification in a, uh, you know, in another juris, you know, another African jurisdiction in the way I was able to do, um, because it is, of course, an, an unusual route. And I think that the, I guess that the route that is probably more common and the route that it's worth focusing on most here is the benefits of um, someone going to, you know, someone who's already perhaps qualified in an African jurisdiction, but looking to um, potentially secure that admission admission as a solicitor in England and Wales. Now, I have to say, um, you know, despite the fact that I've done it in the sort of back to front way, having both is super helpful. Mm. I think, um, yeah, a lot of lawyers are looking for a way to differentiate themselves and also to not just be seen as a sort of in speech about sort of local lawyer yeah having that you know additional qualification and in particular you know that qualification from england and wales is super helpful not just in terms of the work that you can actually physically do but just in terms of the optics that it shows to clients it shows that you are indeed international and you know when you look at you know that th- there th- there are very few other um, legal systems that can challenge english law in terms of kind of its use around the world and um yeah it's uh, you know f- for that reason it's um you know it has been super helpful 
And and something that actually surprised me, I was talking with um, Jerry Wagasha from um, Cliff Decker-Hoffmeyer, the, the uh, Kaiti mm. North, um, their Kenyan operation. Yes. And something entirely practical came out of our conversation. She was like, time-saving. I don't have to, you know, when I'm dealing with a, a, a cross-border issue, have to find, you know, a English law qualified lawyer to, you know, accredit documents or to take a very small part of a matter, which would otherwise add, you know, hours to a process. Instead, it can just be handled by the lawyer, i.e. herself or yourself, that was managing it. And is, is that time saving something that you've really experienced and, and, and been able to pass that benefit on to customers? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. And it's not it's not just time saving. It's just it's just making things much more joined up and seamless. Um, When you are, you know, I'll give you give an example. So there have been many, many occasions when you're sort of sat in a negotiation. As you know, I do a lot of M&A work. And um, yeah, you're sort of firing, firing sort of points, you know, back and forth across the table. Now, o- often I'm dealing with, um, you, know, you know, a partner from another international firm on the other side. Now, when we start to sort of de- you know, get, get into the more challenging aspects of, um, you know, Tanzanian law and regulation, they, they just don't know the answer. And then mm. they have to then go away and you know speak to their local council and form a position. And whereas actually, you know, if you are representing someone in a kind of dual basis, so you know, for me that's you know is kind of English law M and A lawyer plus doing all the local piece in Tanzania. Yeah. You just know the answers straight away. There's no discussion. I mean. In, incredibly impressive, I'm sure, for, for the client that you're working with as well. It seems like, you know, we use the word optics, but really when you're a client who is benefiting so obviously from your counsel being dual, dual qualified, I imagine it's a real retention component as well. I mean, is a, a why would I move firms when I know that Michael is the guy that will have more answers at the table than the other side. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to retain your humility, Michael. And that's more of a rhetorical <laughs> question. So we, no, no, carry we, on, Tom. I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> we'll save your blushes. Well, let's, let's, let, let's look right, at that M&A. On, please. <laughs> let's, let's look at that M&A aspect. You know, that's yeah, yeah. central to your practice. But I'm interested, if you were a... TMT specialist or an employment specialist, do you think the dual qualification, probably TMT is a bad example, the employment maybe, do you feel like there are certain practice areas or indeed sectors where that dual qualification really earns its keep? Or do you feel like the benefit is agnostic when it comes to what kind of law and what kind of sectors you're operating in? Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, it does, it does depend on the sector because if you look at something like employment law mm. or tax law and not to say that there aren't people who have multi you know there aren't partners and lawyers who have very successful multi-jurisdictional practices um, in those areas you know those practice areas are very kind of jurisdiction specific so it is uh, it is harder to kind of you know 
move outside of one's home jurisdiction, so to speak. That's why M&A is such an obvious choice for someone um, in terms of seeking that English law qualification. And certainly, you know, not that I want too many other comp competitors, but certainly, you know, if you are, um, you know, if you're a strong um, African M&A lawyer looking to internationalize your practice to operate across multi-jurisdiction, you know, multiple jurisdictions, looking to kind of really play at the top of your market, then, um, yeah, it, 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 it's absolutely key, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's something that's become very evident through our conversations we've had on the back of our our work with the, the Ministry of Justice is, you know, there's the prominence and the utilisation of English law in cross-border, you know, transactions. It's, it's still very prevalent. And if you want to yeah. be the lawyer that really stands out and you can deliver that slick kind of one-stop shop solution that so many firms purport to offer... But sometimes there are glaring gaps, you know, to avoid that, the dual qualification road really seems to be the way to go. It's um, yeah, for full visibility, it's definitely been, you know, I, I've been here on the continent for almost 10 years now. There's definitely been a, an you know, a, an education process for clients and an uphill struggle to kind of fight for mm. almost legitimacy to demonstrate to clients that actually they don't need to automatically go to London or to Dubai or something like that to get this top level M&A um, you know, support. But what we have done is prove to clients we can do it. And, you know, and we're seeing, and it's not just myself, there are not, you know, not many other examples of lawyers who've helped to support this move. And what we're seeing now is a genuine kind of uh, a genuine move for, for these, you know, African deals actually being advised on in Africa, which I think is super important. Well, it also allows, let's face it, especially with the increase in intra-African M&A and so mm. on, the question needs to be raised on why, you know, the, the nuance that you can be, you know, aware of as even a, you know, a UK practitioner such as yourself who has immersed themselves in both the regulatory and legal but also cultural side of of the jurisdiction in which you're you're so keenly operating i think that the dual qualification is 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 fantastic but it's really the base layer of the cake you know it's mm. where you've shown a willingness to immerse yourself culturally and and physically you know via relocation that you really start excelling and really start differentiating does that kind does that thinking resonate with you uh, I, I, absolutely absolutely it's just knowing what's normal what isn't um and yeah that that's that's uh, it's only experience that can uh, that, that can teach you that but um I'm yeah a big i would... believer in the sniff test and it sounds <laughs> like your your nasal sensitivity can be dramatically increased going well usually this would have been approved in two days it being two weeks that's not just a small problem it's a huge problem and you can't you can't know that from reading about it uh, you know, no jurisdiction is going to tell you, oh, by the way, if this license isn't granted in two days, it means something fishy is up. <laughs> you know, you have yeah. to listen. No, exactly. Exactly. And a, a, a bit of a, uh, a, a, a what if uh, to, to finish our discussion today, Michael. 
if you could go back to a a slightly fresher faced uh, younger Michael at the start of their dual qualification journey, what advice would you give to yourself? You know, what is it that you either wish you'd done sooner or known sooner that you feel could have got you where you are, which is a wonderful position, just that little bit quicker? Yeah, no, no, absolutely, Tom. And look, from my perspective, I, as I said earlier, I was lucky to be able to secure dual qualification and to kind of move on it quite quickly. I think the advice that I would give to um, someone, um, as we said, a sort of, you know, up and coming African M&A lawyer, qualified in their home jurisdiction, but considering um, the England and Wales qualification, the advice I would give is just do it. Now, it's, mm. it probably looks like, you know, on, on the face of it, it's a lot of hassle. There's an expense. Um, it's not It's not an easy thing to do. But based on my own personal experience, it will. it's an investment that will certainly pay off. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's just about biting the bullet, isn't it? And cracking on with it. Although, as I said, I, sh- I shouldn't be encouraging too many more competitors. <laughs> well, no, I think I think we can caveat that and say if we can play a role in motivating young African practitioners to look at the dual qualification, that is only going to make, you know, your life even easier. You know, you're not going to have people Absolutely. disappearing Absolutely. on the other side of the table to have to go check the local law. Um, you know, you're not going to spoon feed it to them. That's not your job. But it could make the whole thing, you know, a lot, a lot swifter. Um, Michael, that brings us to a close because I am being firm with myself, even though every single one of these conversations could go on for an hour, I'm sure. But um, look, an absolute pleasure talking as always. Thank you for joining me today. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Tom. Cheers. And as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. I'm not going to plug the back catalogue of our episodes, even though we are up to about 75 now. What I am going to plug is the fact that we will be discussing this dual qualification topic in depth on the 31st of August at our friend Weber Wenzel's office in Johannesburg with a phenomenal lineup for a panel discussion. Uh, our speakers for this event include Jerry Wagacha at CDH, who I've already mentioned, Howard Barry, the senior partner of Alanawana JE London, Monique Morrison, International Business Development Manager at Barbary Global, Vlad Mosovic, who's a partner at Weber Wenzel, Jeremy Gauntlet, QC and SC, all overseen by Africa Legal's very own James Leach, our Chief Learning Officer. And these practitioners are going to be discussing what it practically means to start internationalising your practice, your career. We already have nearly at capacity. So do find us on our website or on our LinkedIn channel to find the registration link. And I'll also pop that in the podcast description. So once again, thank you to all of our listeners. And without further ado, this has been Tom and Michael, once again, signing off for the Africa Legal Podcast.